0: what's up everyone i'm your host curtis tucker welcome back to creative crunch on this week's episode we are going to be talking about content zombies and what's coming up for the rest of october so let's get right into it by playing that sweet intro that i'm still madly in love with by dallas scott Alright, so I said we would be talking about zombies today. That's right. I went to Denver Zombie Crawl not too long ago and uh, brought the camera along, which was a lot of fun. I had shot Zombie Crawl um, in high school. I can't remember how, but somehow I finangled a camera out of that building and uh, got to loan it for the weekend and took it to Zombie Crawl. Um, And I'm trying to piece together the experience. I do remember uh, just being enthralled with the whole thing, but it was so much smaller um, than it was. And I guess I really didn't realize I was at the genesis of the event at the time during high school. I thought this was a well-established thing um, and that it had been going. But now, going back, um, yeah, somewhat like eight years later um, and not really having been going to it since then... Uh, To see it grow and to see the city's response to it and the amount of support going into this event um, is incredible. It is really just a showcase of the incredible makeup artists and actors that we have in Denver more than anything, I think. Um, And really just to appreciate that kind of creativity was just so much fun just to see how even if it was like big box store makeup if you take the time and the uh, energy and you invest in it you can really pull it off there were some people pulling off those zipper face makeups quite well Um, and then even beyond that there was actors from um, a haunted house company i don't know how you would phrase that a horror production company a haunted house production company Anyways, there was a production company that puts on Haunted Houses that was sponsoring the event, and they had actors roaming around in full costume with staff. And let me just tell you the skill and the dedication and the craft of just acting and being in character and being that deep into character. Um, Maybe normally when you're kind of just... Used to performing in short spurts and having maybe the same five lines to say over and over again. I mean, really shows the dedication that these actors have and really the joy that they get from kind of scaring the living daylights out of someone. Um, so it was really cool to appreciate that. And I made a joke because um, I was kind of vlogging and I made a joke that the largest or the second largest group of attendees besides people in makeup was photographers and it was just so funny to see that many photographers and the just the variety of rigs. And it was almost like um, zombie crawl meets photography convention. You know, like um, it was just incredible to see the amount of photography coverage and like independent photography coverage that this event gets. And just, I think, the sheer amount of freelance and just people coming down with their cameras and the level of documentation that goes into it must be nice from an event planning standpoint uh, because you really just don't have to pay for media coverage. It just covers itself. You know, I put the photos that I edited up into the event um, because I wanted to get them to the fantastic people that they, frankly, I believe, belong to. You know, the subjects of these photographs. But then, just realizing that the group is just inundated with this. There is just countless albums inside the Zombie Crawl event of photos from photographers. And all sorts of gimmicks um, and things going on there. Personally, I would never charge anyone because it didn't cost me really anything to go to this event. There was no interest fee. There was no exclusivity. I was not representing anyone. Um, so I would never charge anyone for these photographs that I took, but I did see one photographer who was like charging I believe like five dollars for the raw image um and things like that, and it was just very interesting to see the scope of that and sort of the gimmicks that go into it. Of course, I was handing out stickers in the moment and trying to be more direct that way. But this I seems like the Facebook event has kind of evolved into the way and the sort of a secondary marketplace to exchange photographs after the event, which I thought was really interesting. And then it just provided a great case study, I think, for the breadth and depth of people who identify as photographers um, and just like the skills that are in the city. And it really just shows that there is everything from the hobbyist um, to someone like me, who's maybe like amateur and has a little bit of money and time and energy invested into it and is really trying to make it a full time thing and become professional all the way up to like full blown professionals already. Um, so it was interesting to kind of see that and it was really interesting to see people's editing takes and like how they shoot and what they shoot. Um, you know me, I'm always trying to take pictures of photographers and I believe that someday that will lead to something and at least like research. And I think it's always fascinating to kind of thumb through it again and see other people's rigs and to see what they bring out. Uh, personally, I brought my Canon Rebel... No. My Canon SL2, I don't think it's a Rebel, maybe it is a Rebel, my, but my I just call it my Canon SL2. I was running the Nifty 50 uh, with a very wide aperture, you know, shallow depth of field, really trying to blow those backgrounds out and make the subjects very apparent. And then I was running my GoPro on top of my camera. I have a little hot shoe adapter that allows me to mount my GoPro in the metal hot shoe on top of my camera. Where you would normally put an external flash, Um, it allows me to mount that there. And I um, I was running video from that, and it was cool to kind of see some characters interact with that. And I think I got some really interesting vlog footage from that. So that's on the whiteboard to put that together. I still am very behind on video editing. I don't know what it is about my brain that will not let me um, video edit and just get that done and be selfish and spend the time necessary to get a video edit done. But anyways, I do have some incredible GoPro footage and clips, I believe, from Zombie Crawl um that I'm looking forward to and it was really fun to kind of process the images. Because it was Halloween I did go with like a little bit of a darker filter, uh, try to pull out some cool colors, but I did not push it as far as some of the photographers that I saw in the group. Um somebody in there was using like a deep black vignetting and sort of that like suit I also saw a lot of like the pseudo HDR effects. There's no way you could have pulled off an actual HDR with street photography, right? to do proper bracketing, to expose a photograph under a stop, perfectly exposed and over, and to condense that, there's no way to do that. So you saw a couple batches of photos where people are really just cranking that clarity um, knob and really just trying to push those effects in Photoshop. So I did kind of play into it a little bit and try to make the day a little bit cooler and bring things down um, in my post-processing, but I didn't push it to extremes. I still wanted to represent the fact that we are in Denver on the 16th Street Mall, you know, in the middle of the day, and there's something to be said about that, you know? And that's okay that that event is happening there, and it's part of the atmosphere. And I believe as a street photographer, which is kind of what I considered this, right, A really awesome street photography moment Um, but you really want to be authentic with that and I personally I don't want to push any sort of fake reality Um, that's why I did want to move some of these people down the sales funnel and hopefully get the opportunity to document them in their makeup maybe in a cornfield or maybe in a studio environment where it is a little bit more controlled Um, and then that's when I would really honestly push it and really try to get that horror kind of Halloween vibe out. It would be as if I was able to collaborate with someone from Zombie Crawl in a different environment. I wouldn't use the street setting and alter that extensively in post-processing. I don't believe that that's true to the moment and true to who I am as more of a documentarian uh, sort of photographer and somebody who just wants to document instead of create something, uh, create a piece of art. I'd rather just have the moment right then and there. How do you look in that moment? How are you interacting with everyone? What's around you? How busy is the scene? Um, and so on. So that was great to go out to zombie crawl and just kind of have that experience. I bundled that around helping my partner Emily document her workshop, which is another passion that I really have. Um, it's just documenting creative professionals, doing their thing, um, and just kind of showing their value and communicating their value, right? Has been one of the phrases that I've uh, iterated several times on this podcast. So I'll talk about that briefly after the break, as well as um, my most recent model meetup. So we're just going to take a quick break to run a little transition, and then I'll talk about my other two photography gigs. All right, see you in a sec all right welcome back to episode 15 of creative crunch can you believe it i know some of those are the denver startup week minisodes but it's always kind of cool to check in and see that number grow and I always kind of like seeing the little anchor notifications that says, this episode got 10 listens, this episode got 25 listens. So again, thank you so much for tuning into this. Um, as I said before that cool little interlude, um, I helped my partner document their workshop on the same day that I went to zombie crawl. And this is something that I'm very passionate about. and kind of hoping I can expand on in the winter months as sort of the outdoor photography winds down. I'm hoping I can do more studio visits and workshop documentation, uh, because I really love helping creative individuals and creative collectives and companies really communicate their value. Because when you're doing your job as an artist or as a creative person, as a maker, and you're in it, and you're knee deep in your materials and your idea, you are not thinking about yourself. Your self-awareness frankly, is probably a a little bit lower than it normally is because you're so involved in the creative juices. And I know how that is. The brain just consumes and drives and kind of overdrives in creative mode. And you're not really aware of how amazing you are and how much hard work you're putting into your creative thing because you are doing your job of being focused on getting that creative thing done. So I just love being in people's studios. And when I say that, I've done everything from basements to actual rented out spaces, uh, what have you. Same thing for workshops. I've done them in actual workshop spaces to coffee shops, um, anywhere really, right? Because that's 2018 and that's Denver. Uh, these things are happening wherever and artists are working wherever they can find an affordable space these days. Um. So I really love just documenting those environments as well and really communicating the aura and the ambiance and sort of the atmosphere where these creative things happen. Um, And so it was really great to work with my partner to document yet another workshop. We've been getting a couple of these under the belt now, and I just don't think I've been doing a great job of communicating that through my Instagram. So I'm trying to change that game up a little bit and maybe share some more of these uh, workshop photos with you guys and really show that I am capable of documenting this and really showing the amazing creative people that we do have in Denver um, working, right? Because I do think that that is missing. I think we have plenty of exhibition documentation. I think we have plenty of photos of opening parties and things like that. But there is not enough communicating of the value going on in the actual creative process. And that is happening on such a micro scale, uh, normally with just one individual creative person Working at a time, but I like I said, I would love to expand that to companies and collectives and co working spaces and coffee shops and whatever because I think creativity is a very broad term and I'm intentionally keeping that way because there's so many small businesses in Denver and entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Um, And I want to be able to get into that and kind of work my way into those different realms and just to show how amazing everyone is and to really provide amazing content for Instagram and these highly visual fields that demand high amounts of content. It can be difficult to produce when it's just you. And I totally get that. And it totally applies when you're teaching a workshop There is no way my partner could have documented the workshop and still provided the value of teaching the workshop. When it's something hands-on, when it's fiber arts, when it's embroidery, there's no way you can take time out of teaching a stitch or dedicating one-on-one time to helping people work through learning the stitch, right? That kinesthetic fashion. Um, There's no way you can sacrifice time during that workshop to be grabbing a camera, You may be able to compromise with like your phone on a stand, but still that can be so distracting at times and you really don't want to subtract from the value that you're giving your guests, especially when they've paid for a ticket, especially when they've paid for your time, especially when they've shown that they already value your skill set, right? So bringing someone in like me and, you know, I thoroughly enjoy this to just click a couple shots um and just to have those right, just to have, ten m- photographs and a couple video clips at bare minimum of your workshop of your studio, right? So if that's something that you're looking forward to, sh- uh, looking forward, for wow little hiccup there, as I try to do another little shameless plug, Um, reach out to me on Instagram through an anchor, audio message, whatever works for you, tweeting me at Curtis Crunch, Instagram Curtis Crunch. Um, I would love to do that in these colder months, to like come inside and to document your creative thing and to help you communicate that value. With that being said, I also recently completed my first nighttime photo shoot. Finally got brave enough, right? It only had to wait till it started dipping down into the cooler temperatures here in Colorado to uh, finally brave nighttime photography. And the reason I say that is because I know it can be a challenge. When you have no natural light, you have to go searching for the light. You have to create the light. um, And it can be a whole nother challenge with having like noise, that graininess in your photographs. Um, As well as wanting to just like balance the light, especially when we were doing neon and kind of just light bulbs that give off different Kelvin temperatures, it can be a little bit challenging. But I finally got around to it, uh, went with some friends from one of the model meetup groups that I belong to. Um, down to a portion of South Broadway that actually was pretty cool. It had light-up sculptures on each corner for about three blocks, I believe, in different shapes. And you could actually touch them uh, and make them change colors. So it actually served as a great kind of controllable environment, if you will, um, to allow that photograph to happen. And there's a couple um, interesting locations along there. You know, liquor stores always having neon in their windows. And there was a mid-century modern uh furniture store that we tried to photograph in front of. Unfortunately, that light was a little flat. It was not as dynamic as some other things. And then the staff at one of the uh, restaurants close to there where I actually happened to know the manager from high school was kind of nice to kind of just let us take a couple pictures inside and to use their neon sides outside. And they just kind of have a cool canopy in um with lights that I think could be interesting as well. So it was cool to kind of go on that. And um, it was very exciting to kind of have pins and like have a board on Pinterest of neon photography and to kind of do some research on how I should be setting my camera and um, testing that out and kind of getting some really cool shots. Of course, glass was really interesting. And so glasses were providing a lot and the liquor store was providing some. Uh, interesting stuff. Even though they had bars on the window, the lights and the shapes of the neon were reflecting in the glasses. Um, so it'll be really interesting to kind of edit those in the coming days and to kind of see what came of the neon photography adventure. Uh, so that was a lot of fun to both document the workshop and to get out and play a little bit in the neon lights. And I think it's important to kind of keep the camera going, whether or not I'm getting paid, right? Or whether or not I'm uh, really doing it for a client, you know, with that neon thing. It was just a nice little meetup and an exchange. But uh, one of the models in particular just has great energy and great aura and is just really easy to work with. So it's a lot of fun to go out to those. And it's um nice practicing that I should say and not really having clients and money on the line when it comes to nighttime photography um and it was just fun to play around with and to kind of kill an evening and just kind of you know it being a weeknight was rather slow in that part of town um it was easy to find parking uh free parking be it And we were not too far from where I normally hang out, which is a different part of South Broadway, which I think I'm going to give a go with maybe another group of friends because I do believe there's more bars and liquor stores in that part of Broadway and can be even uh, better. So we're going to take another quick break. I really hope you're enjoying this episode and just kind of wrap up by teaching a workshop that unfortunately I didn't get to teach. So we're going to get into that story right after this break. Welcome back. As I said, I did not get to teach my workshop. So a friend was kind enough to connect me to the Rhino Made store in the Zeppelin station, which is part of the Rhino structure and system throughout that neighborhood, uh, the River North neighborhood. And so, uh, I braved the weather, you know? I got out there and I uh, drove downtown and I was ready to go and I was quite excited. I had all my cameras show up, but I do believe it was just that first little cold of the season that kind of scared everyone off. So I thought I would teach a portion of my workshop to hopefully entice some of my podcast listeners and some of the other people out there. Um, to come to my workshop because we are going to try to reschedule it. I do think for the month of November, I'm going to try to reteach this. Uh, but I wanted to just kind of break off a little chunk for you guys and kind of give you my philosophy on content creation and uh what has been working for me and to kind of share that out and then i will make sure to mention this on future episodes when we do get it rescheduled i will make sure you guys know because if you are interested in this it is all about communicating your value so i talked about this in a past episode after discovering the gary v content pyramid um SlideShare, which was a SlideShare that you know the Gary Vaynerchuk empire uh, put out through social media and through LinkedIn SlideShare, and it was all about uh, Gary's content pillars and his pyramid that he's developed, um, and so I've kind of been putting that into practice with the podcast um, to varying degrees, and I've been trying to increase the consistency with what I do that at, especially since the podcast has introduced, um, Anchor.fm has introduced listener support, I really do believe that establishing this podcast as a pillar and really using Gary's Pyramid along with some other things that I have hodgepodge together uh, and glued with my own thoughts uh, to kind of create this monstrosity that I'm calling Communicating Your Value. So I'm not going to talk too much about the pyramid. If you want to hear about that, go back into the Creative Crunch archives and look up the Gary V. Content Pyramid. What I really did want to get into was four easy steps to making yourself a content creator and then talking about really how I create creative crunch episodes, even when things go awry, right? Like even when I can't get the regular interviews out that I want to do, how I still produce content for this pillar and sort of market it and try to keep listens up, even when the plan doesn't go accordingly. So... First off, when you're making yourself a content creator, you really want to identify your platforms. Who is your audience? How do you talk to them? And then you really want to reverse engineer this demographic. So for me and for Creative Crunch, my audience is um, really solo, uh, entrepreneurs and sole proprietors out there um, who are just trying to make a way and carve a niche in the creative industry. And then now, after going through Startup Week, I do extend that to creative startups, but really I'm targeting even the creative individuals within those organizations that are really just trying to make something happen. You know, if you consider yourself an entrepreneur, this is for you too. And you're if you're trying to express your creativity and bring that into your job, uh, that's who Creative Crunch is for. If you're trying to, to develop your hustle into a career like I am, that's who Creative Crunch is for. That's why I chose Anchor.fm. Because I want to practice what I'm preaching, and that is to just create content. So I chose the easiest way to podcast, which is Anchor. It handles my distribution for me. They have enhanced editing tools for mobile and desktop now. They have a library of transitions. It's easy for me to add background music, and they have all of that taken care of. I um, mean, it's hosted right then and there. And it gets out to everyone who's listening on Apple Podcasts and hopefully leaving me a review after listening to this episode. And it reaches everyone on Spotify who I hope is sharing this out to their Instagram stories, right? And again, That interconnection, the fact that I can share Creative Crunch episodes out to my Instagram story and reach the hundred, on average, eyeballs that are looking at my Instagram story, I really do think helps uh, grow this audience and just shows that I'm putting consistent effort into this pillar. So, I hope you have your platforms figured out. That, for me, is my podcasting example. Also, You need to respect the platform and the audience what is the user psychology of that platform and create what they want to see so the gary vaynerchuk example is quotes if you go and look at at gary v on instagram nine times out of ten he's posting a photo or i should say his team is posting a photo of gary with a quote on it and the graphic of his signature, right? And it's probably muted or filtered the same as some other images that you've seen. And it will really make that typography pop, right? So that's the Gary V example of understanding Instagram, and knowing that quotes and images with quotes on top of them are great. Now, if you're by yourself, and you're not like Gary, and you don't have an entire floor of a building in Manhattan dedicated to creating content and helping your clients and your empire, I'm going to give you a quick little hack to this that I have used in the past and actually still continue to use. I used it for my Vlogtober covers for Instagram TV, and that is the Canva app. Um, I believe it's pretty popular, so this is probably not the first time you're hearing it. And if it isn't, and you haven't downloaded it, and you're not using it, then I hope this is motivation to really download that and kind of up your game on the graphics that you're creating and sort of the content that you're providing your audience. Because it allows you to take mobile photos, right? So those photos that you've taken maybe of just the scenery or your work in progress, you can now go into Canva and throw a quote on top of that. Um, And this can be a quote of your own original thought or, heck, you know, like cut the corners and just go find an inspirational quote and then dump it in there and share it out to your story, right? This is another way to, I think, take the new post concept to another level. Instead of just slapping a GIF on top of it and saying, I have a new post, maybe you can now give your uh, followers of your story, the people that are clicking your story, an inspirational quote on top of that, right? I think there's a lot of possibilities with Canva. It's great at announcing things. Um, and all the presets are in there. A lot of all the social presets are already in there. um, Good to go uh, for Facebook, for Instagram, for Twitter. So wherever your audience is that you've identified in that first step and what platforms you're gonna be creating on, Canva will really support that and help you create graphics that your audience wants to see. Going into that, the third step of making yourself a content creator is to really understand what is doable, right? If you are by yourself and you are an entrepreneur and you're a creative adapter, uh, just jump onto things early on. When Anchor FM came out and came onto my radar, I just jumped onto it. I knew there was other ways of getting a podcast out there, but as I've learned from watching the uh, podcasting subreddits that are out there, it can be very challenging managing your own distribution, uh, figuring out Patreon and monetization and other avenues for monetization as a podcast. Um, So I really just jumped on Anchor.fm and have stuck with it, and it's really been rewarding. Now the listener support feature has rolled out, these integrated... um, Editing tools have rolled out, and now I'm able to just kind of do this in my own home, in my own space, and I really don't even have to go out anymore, and I don't feel pressured to go use the library resources anymore because uh, with the combination of my video microphone plugged into my mobile device, I'm able to just content create right here at home, and I understand what is doable, and it saves me time, energy, gas, and everything else that used to go into Creative Crunch. And then the last thing that I'm working on, personally, that is the fourth step to making yourself a amazing content creator, is to really evaluate the effectiveness of your content. On the most shallow level, and on the easiest level, um, just scanning how many views, comments, likes, reach, right? Like, this is why I sort of advocate for Instagram business profiles, is if you're developing your creative hustle, that can be just the easiest, most accessible kind of metric through Instagram, um, one of the largest, if not the largest, creative social media platform that everyone in any kind of creative industry seems to be using. Um, Get a feel. It lets you see your audience. It lets you see who you're reaching, when you're reaching, where you're reaching, right? So that on the most basic level is how you can evaluate the effectiveness of your content. Like I said earlier, I'm getting like a hundred eyeballs on my Instagram stories. Sometimes you know, in the ballpark of seventy five to a hundred eyeballs on my Instagram stories, versus the something thirty something likes I get. And a handful of comments I get on my posts, which is really leading me to reevaluating what I post and how I post. I was posting a lot of street photography uh, because it was accessible, I knew I had all the rights to do it, and yada, yada, yada. And now I think I'm going to start sharing some more of these model meetups and more of these studio meetups and just kind of maybe push a little bit more of the clients and kind of be a little more upfront that I really want to use some of these. For social media, and I'm kind of just intentionally maybe taking photos with clients where their faces aren't in them. I'm um, sort of the atmosphere, the fl, the plants, the flora, the fauna. So again, really trying to understand what is doable. But on a deeper level, and now I'm experiencing this as a freelance photographer and content creator. Another great way of evaluating the effectiveness of your content is how many people are buying, how many units are you moving. Right. If that type of image and that type of post isn't actually selling things, then maybe you need to reevaluate what you're sharing and how you're sharing it. Right. Because on the deepest level, you really want to be moving your creative thing. You want to be selling more photographs. You want to be making more videos. You want to be drawing more. You want to be printing more. You want to be making more whatever it is. You want to be doing more of that, and your content should be helping you do that. These two things should not be separate when you're a small business owner, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're an entrepreneur. Your Instagram should be helping you sell things. It should be helping you book more gigs. It should be helping you get more interviews, right? Not only should your likes be growing and your Instagram following be going growing but your checkbook should be growing. And I steadily have been seeing that. I have the goal of ten gigs a month at about a hundred dollars a piece uh, to generate about a thousand dollars from content creation a month. And since I've invested in some assets to help me do that, I have seen a steady growth of from a handful of gigs, maybe three, to now five, to now north of five, and getting closer and closer every month. that 10 10 goal, Uh, please book me for some content creation that never hurts uh, to help support this vision grow we're going to take a quick break I really hope you enjoyed that little snippet of the workshop that I would be offering and will be offering again at Rhino Made so we're going to just take a quick break and wrap up today's episode Well, that about wraps up episode 15. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed that little um, snippet on how to be a better content creator. If you want to come to my workshop, I'll be explaining the pyramid. I also have a sweet worksheet to go along with that so that you walk away with a game plan, right? Like you walk away with your questions answered And you've been up in the clouds, but then you have the energy and the gusto and the wherewithal to get in the dirt and actually do it and start creating your pillars and really change your content creation game. Because it's all about this long-form weekly stuff, I believe, as my perspectives have started to change, and it's less and less and less about the daily Instagram banger. So, I hope you enjoyed that, I hope you enjoyed hearing about Zombie Crawl, and I hope you enjoyed hearing about the model meetup. If you want to help me continue to do awesome things, uh, you can do a couple of things. Like I said before, you could reach out to me and book a gig. If you love this podcast and you just want to keep this podcast going and you specifically want to support Creative Crunch, go into the description of this episode and look for the link to the listener support feature. It's going to take you out to a secure page on the Anchor page on anchor.fm where you can make a $0.99 monthly donation. That alone, that small amount, can help Creative Crunch sustain all of its efforts. It can keep me going to things. Because if we multiply that $0.99 by all the amazing listeners that I've been getting to these episodes, that will be more than enough to kind of... uh, sustain adventures to denver and to kind of keep gas in the tank and food in my belly Um, so if you do have 99 cents lying around and you do believe creative crunch has helped your hustle and your grind in one form or another please consider doing that if you're not at the point or you haven't driven enough value from creative crunch but you do want to like, let people know that you're out here working on your hustle and that you're passively consuming some awesome knowledge, uh, please consider sharing that out, uh, sharing this episode out wherever you're listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, a review would mean the world. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that share button, and there is a plethora of places that you can just push this out and let, them know, let the world know that you are being awesome Stay tuned next week for our interview with the producer of that amazing intro you heard, Dallas Scott. Dallas is, I'm going to go ahead and say it, a 4D artist who is just working to experiment and push how we use social media and new technologies to make weird things and sort of question who we are. So, check that out next week, our interview with Dallas Scott. Thanks so much for listening, enjoy the rest of your week, and make sure you keep that creative crunch going strong.